in which we usually live, the life of every day, which is pain, pleasure and fear, has conditioned the mind, limited the nature of the mind. And when that pain, pleasure and fear have gone, which does not mean that you no longer have joy. Joy is something entirely different from pleasure. Then the mind functions in a different dimension in which there is no conflict. No sense of otherness. Look, verbally, we can only go so far. What lies beyond cannot be put into words because the word is not the thing. Up to now, we can describe, explain, but no words or explanations can open the door. What will open the door is daily awareness and attention. Attention of how we speak, say how we walk. Think. It's like cleaning a room in order. Keeping the room in order is important in one sense, but totally unimportant in another. There must be order in the room, but order will not open the door or the window. What will open the door is not your volition or desire. You cannot possibly invite the other. All that you can do is to keep the room in order, which is to be virtuous for itself, not for what it will bring. Rational, orderly. Then, perhaps, the window will open and the breeze will come in. Or it may not. It depends on the state of your mind. And that mind, that state of mind, can be understood only by yourself, by watching it, never trying to shape it, never taking sides, never opposing, never agreeing, never justifying, never condemning, never judging, which means watching it without any choice. And out of this choices, awareness, perhaps, the door will open, and you will know what that dimension is, in which there is no conflict in no time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and the mind-blowing summation to this episode of Thread Collective. Thank you, James Ellis, for sharing Jay Krishnamurti and for Bloodflower playing mandolin. That uh, I felt like I was traveling down uh, some sort of road with y'all. Uh, I'm not sure if I was actually on the ground, though. So uh, we have been traveling through time and space this afternoon on the Common Thread Collective and uh, finding a lot of love and light along the way, even in these uh, strange and strenuous dark times at, at moments. Um, may we rise above and uh, let our feet float. And uh, it's so great. Thank you so much for being here uh, this afternoon. 
afternoon. We did go a little late, so if you're tuning in and saying, hey, I thought this was the comedy open mic. Um, so usually the happy hour does start at 6, but tonight uh, it has been canceled. It's going to be pushed into and rolled into the Pamtastics Comedy Clubhouse, which starts at 8 o'clock. It's going to go an extra hour tonight from 8 to 11, and it is Friday, June 9th. And I want to announce, because Pam Benjamin does uh, so many amazing things here at Mutiny Radio and beyond, she's going to be performing at Cobb's Comedy Clubhouse um, on June 11th. That is Sunday, 7.30 p.m. She is the only female comedian on the ticket. It's the Heavyweight Comedy Showdown, Cops Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue. And you can give them a call at 415-928-4320 to reserve your space. Tickets are $16. However, if you come by Mutiny Radio, there are some discount flyers on the piano, which will get you a $6 discount. So that would just be a $10 show. And there are one, two, three, four, five, ten different comics. So that's a dollar comic. That's about what comedians get paid these days. No, anyhow, uh, just kidding. Uh, Since this is a comedy show, I'm just making meager attempts to be funny. I'm Global Val. You've been listening to the Common Thread Collective here at MutinyRadio.fm. Thank you for listening to that, as well as to Women's Magazine uh, from 2 to 3 p.m. that I hosted earlier today, and all the great shows here at Mutiny Radio. Uh, The Weekly Review with Roman was uh, Friday... Uh, just this day, 12 to 2. Uh, J.D. Buell is in fr- on Friday mornings. And of course, Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse coming up at 8 o'clock. So you can come on by to 21st and Florida here in the Mission District of San Francisco. Peace to you all. Uh, we love you and we'll see you next week. Here's a little from Rico Pabon. And then you're going to be listening to a podcast of the Comedy Happy Hour from about a week ago. So thanks so much. Peace, y'all. From these children of mine is something divine, something truly divine. Yeah. Nothing for your life or your love, your freedom to be, to simply be. Oh, here to see it grow strong and live long and love life and all its wonderful mysteries. Whatever that may be, if within your spirit you feel truly free, follow your happiness, give and surround yourself only with Es algo divino, verdaderamente divino Vivo para tu risa y tu amor Y lucho por tu libertad a simplemente ser Vivo a verte crecer adorando la vida Y los misterios en tu que hay pa' ver Sigue la voz que te guía Sigue tu alegría Ofrece y rodeate solamente con energía positiva
day there's something to celebrate And life breaks for no one so don't hesitate Never waste, stay awake and appreciate Every breath, every step that you take Thanks whatever you create for your life And the best things in it usually don't have a price Your true friend for up to them tight Vampires just shake them like dice And if you meet your soulmate, marry them twice But first, here's my advice Get a college degree, maybe PhD Then try to find ways to end poverty See the planet, take nothing for granted And party in places you don't speak the language Laugh till it hurts, cry out of bliss And love like a minute, take like a minute Friday night at 6 o'clock. It's time for the happy hour at mutinyradio.fm. The happiest hour of all. The entire week, really, uh, because 23 comedians and more are getting up tonight. We have visitors all the way from Olympia, Washington. Excited to hear their jokes. Uh, big fan of Olympia, Washington. They have a guy named Sam Miller up there who runs an incredible room on Wednesday nights that you guys should all go to Olympia anytime soon. But right now, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin, and we're going to get started so that we can get through all of these comics. When you hear the horn... 
It means you have one minute. So new comedians, if you hear the horn, it doesn't mean you have to stop right away. It means you have one minute to wrap it up. Uh, your first comedian of the night, you can wrap and slap your hands together for the very, very funny, the very tall, Connor Doherty! Can we, is this, yeah, this one sound, in any case. Hello! Hey! Uh, yeah, I'm re, I have a, a personal announcement. A big personal announcement that's an interesting, difficult, exciting to reinventing myself as a bat. I'm gonna stay up late, chase skirts, unquit smoking. I'm gonna be a poon hound. Right? I think that's the best way of phrasing it, you know. Most of the time it's negative. Womanizer, philanderer. Nobody wants to be those things, but I, you can't use poon hound in anger. Just try. Try to say it and not smile. Yeah, see? Can't be done. Poon hound. Right, wildebeest? I've cracked comedy. It's done. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I don't like doctors. San Francisco doctors. They want to be your friend. The last time I went to the doctor, he didn't even really examine me. He just talked about building a relationship with me. Which I'm not interested in. I just wanted him to look at my body. <laughs> it's the only time I've been upset that I paid a man for his time and he didn't touch my balls. I do not have that problem with my psychiatrist. He always remembers to touch my balls. <laughs> therapy is a process. No, I'm not in therapy. <sighs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Well, so the, the psychiatrist. Yeah, I'm not gonna do the poop stuff, but the other part of it is, you know, you gotta. My psychiatrist was telling me about there are all these side effects with the medication. You know, you got like your weight gain, you got your sexual dysfunction, but when you're really depressed and anxious, you're not really having any sex anyway. So, like. My philosophy was I was just going to go for it. I was like, you know, even if it's dysfunctional, you know, sex is kind of like government. As long as you, everyone is respecting human rights, it's probably better to have it dysfunctional than to not have it at all. Little too clever. <laughs> Little too much going on. <sighs> Uh, I was thinking again about those guys outside the BART station yelling into their megaphones, yelling about the end of the world. Do you know any of those dudes, Wildebeest, personally? No, probably, but... <laughs> but I was thinking about those guys, like what they're preaching out of, what their sort of canonical religious texts are, because the difference between those guys and an ordained minister is those guys don't ask you for money at the end of their sermon. But like, 
for the ordained minister, one thing they have going for them is, you know, at least it's material. The Bible or the Quran or whatever is certainly interesting. But if like the Bible is literature, I feel like the guys outside the BART station are preaching out of like erotic fan fiction. <laughs> Okay, I'm done. Keep your clans clapping together for the guy who took the bullets, Connor Doherty. Yay! Yay, and then yay. All right, moving right along. I've got the list now going on. I'm going to stick it out to the other people. I want to get those guys from uh, Olympia guys. The Olympia guys. I'll get them in here to sign up because uh, I forgot their names already. But your second comedian of the night. Really funny guy. Uh, he was in our showcase last weekend at Comedy Clubhouse. He runs an amazing show on Saturday nights called The Setup at 222 Hyde. Clap wildly right now for Richard Sarvate. Hello. Hi. Hey, what's up, guys? <sighs> okay. Um... Uh, there's a lot of like uh, Warriors fans. They're mad at the bandwagon fans, you know. They're like, "You just started liking the Warriors this year. I've been here since day one. Why don't you get out of here with your bandwagon pride?" And I always thought that was interesting. Like, why would you get mad at someone for supporting the team that you want to win? You know. Like that would be like if my mom like got mad at my friends and she was like, "You just started liking Richard this year." <laughs> I've been there since day one. Why don't you get out of here with your bandwagon friendship? And be like, Mom, I have no friends now because of you. I'm lonely. All right. Blazing out the gate with the bandwagon material. You guys will see. When I do that joke on TV, you all are going to be like, oh, yeah, I love that joke <laughs> since day one. <laughs> oh, man. Um, if you hire a Japanese person for an internship, make sure not to call it an internment. <laughs> Just office tips for you guys here. <laughs> um, a lot of guys are proposing to their girlfriends on hikes, you know? Uh, it's making it very difficult to just go on a regular hike. You know, because I mean, if you, like, I like going on a hike. I like exploring nature, but without the, you know, pressure of, like, life-altering decision-making. And it's especially tough uh, if you need to tie your shoelaces when you get to the top. Because <laughs> 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 if, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like if you're with your girlfriend and you're at the top of a mountain and you get down on one knee and all you do is tie your shoelaces, I just feel like you're going to get slapped in the face. <laughs> I mean, I feel like maybe that's how the first proposal on a hike happened, you know? Some guy just got down to tie his shoes, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he's like, well, while I'm down here, I might as well kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I had this uh, sexual experience, and uh, I don't know if you can call this a threesome, but I met these two girls at a bar, and then I went home, and I thought about them while masturbating. Uh, so I, I had this other sexual experience, and I'm not sure if you can call this a threesome, but I had sex with both of my fleshlights at the same time. 
All right. <laughs> Keep going good. Um, I had a really poor sexual education. Like in sex ed class, a kid asked the teacher, teacher, what's a dildo? And our teacher told us, dildo is slang for penis. <laughs> it's like, I was like, thankfully, like a couple years later, I, I, I figured out what it was. But like, that could have been horrible. You know, like I'm in bed with a girl and she's like, you mind if I play with my dildo? I'm like, oh no, you have a dildo? Like, yeah, is that weird? I'm like, I don't know, I just thought only guys had dildos. <laughs> She's like, do you have a dildo? I'm like, of course I have a dildo. All guys have dildos. <laughs> just could have been awkward. Sex is weird. Isaac Newton never had sex, ever. And this guy invented calculus. What does that tell us? <laughs> Somebody fuck these mathematicians and stop them from making homework for the rest of us. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting like, I, look, I'm only 32, but I'm already turning into someone who says back in my day. Like I saw this kid on the bus and he was just like, he had like hundreds of apps on his phone. He's just like, I was like, what are all these apps? And I went into back in my day mode. I was like, you know, back in my day, we did not have so many apps. You know, I, I remember when all you had was a couple apps. You know, you had one app that made the lightsaber noises. Uh, you had another app to help you calculate the tip. And you had another app with some birds uh, that were very angry. <laughs> Very mad. All right, guys, I got to go. Thank you. Some very angry birds. Those birds make me angry, too, because I don't have a smartphone. All right. Moving right along here on the happy hour. Your next comedian, not only funny, covered in tattoos. I've been dreaming of the day. He'll take his shirt off. Everybody put your hands together right now for Theodore Hall. You, from the start. Comedy and sunshine. <laughs> I can. Two magic ingredients. Pam, thank you very much. I will. Often. It's a little. It's hard letting people. It's like I. I did. I had a good show the other night, and people like came up to me. And I'm like, they're gonna fucking. They're gonna talk to me about these jokes, and they're like nice tattoos, and it's just like I'm more than that. Um. Pam is the number one cat lady I know. I s just saw the number two cat lady. Um, and I'm trying to become more comfortable with cat ladies because I feel like that is who I'm going to end up with. Um, and I'm okay with that. I saw a lady who had cats in a stroller. Let me explain that for the people who have sane thoughts. That's no one in here. All right. This is for the people on air. Um, she had three cats in one human stroller. That is fucking amazing. She's my new sensei. Like I want, I want to learn from her. She has no idea what like an alarm clock is or like breath mints. It doesn't matter. She, why does cat food, why is cat food the only food that smells worse fresh than after it's eaten? I don't understand that. Yeah, that cat lady was cool, man. I think about her all the time. I'm like, I wonder if she ever walks by like any baby stores and just looks in and just, just is just like, holy shit, those cat transporters are on sale. <laughs> Might go in there, get another one, up it to six cats. <laughs> he double checked my math. It's correct. All right, that is. 
a sound joke as far as the math goes. That is for sure. Um, Guys, I'm happy. I, I just moved out of San Jose, uh, and I moved closer to the city. I I don't really care about the town I'm living in. Um, I'm just happy that I'm out of San Jose because I was living in, in kind of the ghetto. Uh, here's what I realized. Um, if you go on the Craigslist and you see a studio apartment in the Bay Area for $700, respond immediately and meet up with that person and stab them because there's no such thing as a studio apartment for $700 in the Bay Area. That doesn't exist. They're fucking hiding something. I moved in there, and it was just like, holy shit, this is pretty hardcore, you know? Like, I live next to about eight taquerias and 52 pit bulls. Yeah, San Ho. Everybody is always fighting in San Jose, and at first you're like, what are they fighting about? And then you're just like, oh, they don't like San Jose. That is the... And that is the one common thing with uh, San Jose. It's, yeah, it was, it was weird, man. I, um... Uh, I got chased by a chihuahua. Even the chihuahuas were fucking gangster in that town. First of all, it was it was just a zoo, like literally. Like I, I remember, I was walking to my car to go to work one day, and there was a rooster on the middle of the street. Like I think Mexican people like roosters. I don't know. Anyway, the chihuahua like came at me. It was it was crazy. Like it like like pimp walked up to me. I don't I didn't know chihuahuas could do that, but that's the only way I can describe its walk. And I was like, holy shit, it's pissed off that I'm on its property. And then I was like, this is, I'm either gonna stand up to this thing or just run away. And I was like, that, that's an easy choice. I'm just gonna run away. And I ran all the way back to my uh, studio apartment that I paid $700 for. And, uh, and I sat down when I peed that night because uh, that's what you do when you run from a chihuahua. I didn't even have to pee, it just air came out. It was like a... <laughs> pleasant, you know, breeze to my inner thigh. It was actually kind of nice. But yeah, I'm happy to be out of there um, and back up here. I did learn something about taquerias. I found out how to find a good taqueria. Uh, it's going to be a good taqueria if they hate you upon you walking in there. Like, that's how it's going to be a good taqueria. If they're nice to you, get the fuck out of there. You're in a Chipotle, all right? But if they hate you just for you being you, I play it up, too. Like, I, I, like I was here when the hippies were here a minute ago, and they were saying love is the answer. No, hate. Okay, that's what makes a good burrito, all right? I play it up. 25% I, I, of the words I use when I'm in there, Spanish words, all right? And, and you know, I just go in there, hola, mi amigos. I'll take the Al Pastor burrito, please. And if I can, you know, make a Mexican person sweat, I, I know I'm going to eat a delicious meal that night, you know? They're going to put that hate right into that burrito. All right, thank you, guys. Hate makes a good burrito. Theo Hall, yes. All the lovely. Is Katie Carnes here yet? Walk in. I haven't seen you in so long. It's lovely to see you. Yay, I'm excited. You guys be excited. Clap your hands together. It's Katie Carnes. Hello, how you guys doing? You guys good? Awesome. I had a weird uh, experience today. Someone was like, oh my God, you smell so good. And I was like, ah, uh, that's weird. He's like, what, what's your perfume? And I was like, uh, pot and cigarettes. And then he was like, you don't seem like one of those people who smoke pot. And I was like, that's funny because I'm stoned all the time. Um, and so yeah, he was like, you just don't seem like a pothead. And I was like, ha ha ha. But an hour later, someone came up to me and they're like, hey, uh, where do you get a dub? I was like, do I just look like a dealer? I'll go get it. Uh, 20, yeah, all right. But I'm done with that life after this. It's done, I swear. 
I, st I quit dealing drugs a long time ago. Now I gotta do comedy. Um, I'm trying to make compassion funny. <laughs> that wasn't a, but I'll use it, thank you, yeah. I'm trying to. I just feel like we need, we need to make being human funny. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I went on a date and yeah, fucking finally. Pam's like, bitch, finally. Um, so I went on a date and it went really well and we went, you know, walked back to my house and I was like, you know, if you wanna come inside. And, he's, and then he made this face. He's like, oh, oh, I can't, I gotta go. And I was like, no, that's, no, that's fine, you know? And so I like ate ice cream for three days because I didn't know what I did, you know? I was like, what, what is it about me that you hate? And then uh, tea shop a couple days later, and I was ordering some tea at a tea shop. I know, expert. And uh, so I ordered some tea, and the woman had the same face. She was like, "Oh, what do you want?" And I was like, "Fuck! What is it about me that's pissing people off? I don't. I hate when people hate me, you know." And so. I was like, okay, I'm just gonna be super nice, and I like gave her a tip, and I was like, thanks for my tea, you know? And just nothing would make her happy, and I was like, fuck, all right. So I took my tea, went, sat, and, and I watched her book it to the bathroom right after our um, encounter, right to the bathroom. She was in there for 13 minutes. <laughs> I counted. I did, I timed her. And she walked out, and she was like, face was like normal again. I was like, oh. She just had to take a shit. <laughs> so I'm hoping that's what the dude was doing. And I'm just learning compassion by people's poop faces. You understand? This is, this is what I'm trying to get out. Compassion, poop. Poop and compassion. Um, the city's weird. There's a lot of money out here. I don't see any of it. <laughs> There's so much money out here, it's ridiculous. Um, I actually got a little sneak peek of all the money. I went to Zanga for a happy hour. Thank you. Um, and it, that's a fucked place. There's no working going on there. I'm like, come on. Um, to enter, I had to give my mother's maiden name and like a blood sample and my card and like sign a little waiver saying that I wouldn't say anything about the place that I you know, had been in, which obviously I crossed my fingers when I signed it. Um, <laughs> But I realize they're, they're going down. They sold half their building, so they're not doing so well. And I know why. Because they had ridiculous things like a whole refrigerator full of La Crux, La Crux, La Croix, La Croix. The sparkling, the sparkling shit. Yeah, we all, we all know what it is. It's lovely. It's delicious. But they had stuff that was like for non-civilians, like Red Bull and cocaine. <laughs> it was delicious, you guys. I'm just saying, if you see it, get some right away. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Katie Carnes. Katie Carnes. Yeah, my friend used to work for Zenga, and uh, he sold his stock options, and I think that's why the company went under, is that he lives in Amsterdam now with the millions of dollars that he made from Zenga. Uh, and I just off Farmville. How is it even possible? It's not even a real thing. All right, your next comedian just had a birthday this week. Yeah. She is an older lady, older than she was before. Look at she's waddling up to the stage. Get that walker out and put your hands together for Mary Goss. Thank you. 
Pam is correct. I am elderly now, extremely old. Um, someone earlier said that you have less sex when you're depressed and anxious. I would like to provide a counterpoint to that, as I have never had more sex in my life than when I was the most depressed and anxious, because before I was on my current medication, I was on a different kind of medication called copious amounts of alcohol. <laughs> Uh, to deal with the anxiety, and it worked, and also I had sex with everyone. <laughs> Just everyone in the world. So counterpoint to that, um, I, do, I don't drink as much as I used to, but I still do love, love, love drinking. Um, because I, have you, there's this working theory that, you know, who you are when you're drunk is just like who you are, like fundamentally as a person. I really hope that's the case because if that's true, I am awesome. <laughs> I am so great when I'm drunk. I just get really concerned about everyone else's well being. I turn into a very caring person. I'm just like, are you sleeping right? Are you drinking enough water? What color is your urine? <laughs> And that's how who I turn into when I'm drunk. So I kind of feel like now that makes me feel like I'm, you know, ready to be a mom. <laughs> like a really, really drunk mom all the time. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, what was I thinking about? Oh, well, I do, um, it, it becomes an issue when I'm drinking and when I have to walk home by myself as I am very small and very looking like this and I, you know, just look like I'm waiting to be robbed and or sex murdered at any given moment. So to combat that, I have started singing very loudly like a crazy person every time I walk home by myself. Specifically, I will sing Fiona Apple songs. Yeah, because not only does that mean that I am, you know, unhinged, but that means that I will cut a dick off. <laughs> Because Fiona Apple songs are cutting dicks off songs. They're beautiful, and I love them. Um, I also, uh, I don't really trust people who don't drunk text. We're just going to talk about drinking today. It's on my mind. I do it a lot. Do not trust people who don't drunk text, because from my point of view, I drunk text all the time, because that means that I care about you. Nobody cares about me as much as I care about everyone I've ever met, apparently. Because I just go through the list of things and I'm just like, oh, okay, it's time to text everyone, everyone, everything I've been thinking. And when I'm drunk, it's generally about the flat earth theory. Uh, the theory that the earth is actually flat. I agree with this when I'm drunk. B.O.B., the rapper slash producer, has made a lot of very interesting points on Twitter about it. Uh, I would love to follow his teachings. And then I text everyone I know about it, and nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares about whether or not the Earth is flat, because people seem to have come to a consensus about that hundreds of years ago. But counterpoint, B.O.B. says no. Um, and I was also, there, uh, there is a special thing in my life. The special thing in my life is a cat. Yep. I knew. I knew Pam would like that one, yep. So there's a cat that, uh, it is my neighbor's cat, it is not even my cat, uh, who waits in the yard for me uh, until I get home and then I need to pick it up and bounce it like a baby or else it will throw itself into traffic. Uh, that is what this cat does. And I've never related more heavily to an animal in my life because this is not my cat, I am allergic to this cat, I am not the audience for this cat's affection. However, if I do not give it affection, it will climb out of the gate and run into traffic. And I'm just like, oh my god, same. 
exactly the same, dude. So Odie and I are very much in love, and this has been my time, and I'm married. Give it up for Pam. Mary Goss. I didn't know she loved cats, and now I like her that much more. Cats forever. Cats, cats, cats. Right, uh, your next comedian is a super cool cat. I enjoy his work very much. He had a great set on Tuesday at the Mutiny Takeover of Brainwash. Clap right now wildly for Stefan Massey. Thank you, Pam. Um, so most of you are aware uh, Werner Herzog is doing a documentary about me and my comedy. And I just wanted to bring you the latest in this, in what's quickly becoming the saga of uh, me and Werner Herzog. Um, and while he's working on my documentary, he's also got an album in the works. Um, this past weekend, he laid down another track on his forthcoming record. He's doing a new take on the classic ABBA number, Take a Chance on Me. Uh, he said something along the lines of, it has always been a song about how we constantly attempt to initiate a symbiosis with nature. And though we personify it as a motherly figure, it will only ever be a destructive force, constantly rejecting us and continually lashing out at any misguided overtures on our part. Uh, he went on to say, you'll be shocked if anyone takes it that way and called me and anyone who tries to listen to his music a half-witted fool with zero self-awareness. <laughs> I then reminded him that it was our movie night. Uh, we started watching documentaries together, partly because it helps him get ideas for new ones, and partly because he's always checking in on the competition. And so I popped on the TV and we watched the Netflix documentary, Autism in Love. It's a touching, sometimes frustrating film about four people struggling to maintain romantic ties while they deal with their mental condition. And Werner was less than open-minded. <laughs> He knows I have Asperger's because I told him so he wouldn't have to start to wonder if I might have it in a decade or two. Uh, but knowing him, he would have been shit-talking through the whole thing even if I hadn't clued him in. Why must we coddle this behavior? It seems as though they learn best from failure and do not even consider the opinions of those close to them when they are attempting to alter their lives. Such stubbornness serves no one. They merely exist to frustrate others. The few among them that are able to find happiness, which is short-lived, as is all passion, they merely propagate the world with others equally unsuited to exist in society at large. You know, on a certain level, I agree with them. Um, I appreciate that attitude. I'm constantly worried that I'm just being pitied because of my condition, and I know I'd feel a hell of a lot better about myself if people would just tell me when I'm fucking up rather than me having to sleuth it out a couple weeks after the fact, which seems to be uh, people's default method of breaking bad news to me for some reason. Uh, all right, so I was having dinner with my family last night, and my cousin came up with a pickup line, and I, I want to try it um, uh, because I want to see if a junior high schooler uh, is better at making up jokes than me. So mom was talking about her IUD, and, and he's just like, oh, okay, here, here's, here's one for you. He says, uh, I-U-D? <laughs> Damn him! Damn him! <laughs> he's already leagues ahead of me. He's only 13, fuck. Uh, yeah, they think he might have uh, Asperger's too. Um, actually, um, a w fun fact, if you go on the Wikipedia page for Asperger's, the, the, the illustration they have for, for the, the condition is just a kid stacking cans. So if your child is at home stacking anything, you need to, you need to be worried about that. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll leave you guys with this. Um, so as a comedian, it may shock you to learn that I think a lot about the craft of comedy, such as it is. And 
I just feel like there's a dearth of uh, diversity in terms of material. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I just feel like all anyone ever talks about is their love life or work or what they've eaten, and I feel like there's more to existence than food fucking and working, you know? Uh, for God's sake, I, one of my favorite sets that I've ever seen in all my time doing comedy was at Penelope. This dude went up on stage and he was awkwardly telling his jokes and then he starts to take some craft singles out of his shirt pocket and just nervously eat them. And I've never seen that guy again and I'm so sad about that. All right, I'm Stephen Massey. Watch Jim Stephen Massey is jealous of your craft cheese singles. I also love crash cheese singles. They're delicious, and you can fold them into many little squares so that you feel like you have more than one. Uh, you feel like you have 16 pieces of cheese instead of one. It feels good. Your next comedian, uh, he is a funny man, and he is wild, and you guys are going to love him. Put your hands together. It's Will the Beast. <laughs> Man, perfect. <laughs> How's it going? Um, does anybody uh, belong to a gym or go to gyms? Nobody. Bunch of healthy people. I hear you. Uh, I've never uh, been to, uh, had a good relationship with gyms. They always seem like too much money and um, just never seem to work out for me. But I think I might have figured out a way to bypass that feeling. So this is what I've been uh do you guys know about these big window gyms? You seen them? They're all over San Francisco. So this is what I like to do. I like to go out and I stand right outside the window and whatever they do, I do the same thing. <laughs> so if the guy's gonna go up and he's gonna go on the treadmill, I'm, you know, I, I gotta get my stuff off. And, you know. <laughs> my stretches and then you know and then he's getting on he's like boop 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 and I'm like boop 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 and, you know he's, I'm just trying to keep pace I don't want to outdo anybody you know I'm just going to keep pace and, you know and then he's like you know those gym guys are always trying to outdo me so he's like boop 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 and he's like moving I'm like boop 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 and, and then, then we both fall off but, you know, it's great because I go and do other gyms, too. Like, this other gym I go to on uh, Church Street. So good. They got this, like, class, right? Where literally everybody lines up, right? And I'm, you know, and I'm outside and, you know, I, Oh, no. I do my, I'm not even going to try to do that. But, you know, we're all together and we start off breathing. We got breathing sink. And then we start jumping, and we jump forward, and we jump backward. All right, I'm just going to get to the end of this. <laughs> so then the beauty of this thing is that the benefit is I get to go to three gyms. Because on Monday, West Portal. On Wednesday, Hayes Valley. On Friday, I finish up strong at Church Street. And I'll tell you, I get the benefit of going to three gyms without going into any of them. <laughs> But my next big thing is I'm gonna start selling memberships. <laughs> and I'm starting those memberships today. I will give you a year membership for the price of a hamburger. <laughs> I'm serious, so. I'm gonna open up sidewalk gyms. So I got a black guy one time in a fight. And then another time, 
I got two black guys at the same time while in San Francisco. All right, that's my time. I only wanted to do that one joke. Thank you. That was very funny with the um, with the physical prop on the radio. Just so people know, he brought a bag with him in there. Where he had equipment and it was jump ropes and stuff like that. I think he was gonna jump rope for us. That was amazing. Uh, all right, moving right along. Your next comedian, uh, super amazing today and incredibly helpful. I was hanging out with a nine-year-old all day, and she ran the pre-sign online, and I really, really appreciate it. So put your hands together, everyone, and you should really slap them and clap them because if if she didn't do it, you guys would have all been waiting in line. It would have been a huge clusterfuck. So thank you for avoiding the clusterfuck. Jenny Hogan! So I think we need to talk about cultural appropriation, okay? It's a big issue, um, in case you don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was until like that time Justin Bieber had dreadlocks. <laughs> it's when you uh, kind of take over another culture that's not your own. Um, but I, we need to stop camping, okay? I don't like camping. I think it's an appropriation of homeless people's culture. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we should watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I think it's an appropriation of rape culture. Oh, sorry, too dark. Okay. Too dark or just dark enough? <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so Cheryl Sandberg has this thing that, like, people shouldn't call women aggressive at work because it's something, I guess, people only say to women, basically. But I, I work with all guys, and I think I am more aggressive because I work with all men. I think that's sort of what happens, that women in environments, a lot of men become more aggressive. But it goes the other way, too. Like, have you ever been to a yoga class? All of the guys there are crying. Okay, seriously. And like talking about how they look fat in yoga pants. Um, we've been to Soul Cycle, like the guys there wearing those sporty tank tops, listening to Taylor Swift. It's real, it happens. Um, I, uh, what else was I gonna do? Hey, check my handy notes. So I'm always getting myself in trouble for not taking sex seriously enough, um, like while it's going on. But in my defense, I didn't volunteer to be on top. And the potato chips were right there. Uh, that is a true story. I did get in trouble um, for eating during sex. It was with an ex-boyfriend of mine. It was, it was kind of in the beginning of our relationship. Um, it was also kind of near the end of our relationship, as it turned out. Uh, I didn't really trust him, though. He was, like, blonde. And, like, the thing with blonde guys, so blonde women are never as blonde as they say they are, you know, except for Katie. But blonde guys are. And I'm always like, OK, your grandparents were siblings. Like, there's just no other, this guy, look at him, look at it. He's like a sibling grandparent sweater right now, too. It's the ideal. Um, so I, yeah, he was upset about the eating during sex. The Atlantic published an article a few months ago called Why Men Don't Like Funny Women. And I know, it's sad, yeah. And I was reminded of that story, kind of being funny at the wrong time. Um, seven people sent me that article. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I was running a blog at the time that was sort of about like online dating and data, and uh, no one came right out really. Everyone was like, oh, do research into this or whatever. No one came right out and said what they meant until my mother emailed it to me in an email entitled, Ginny, colon, this might be your problem. Aww. It was harsh, it was harsh. But he was, yeah, so he was upset about the eating. He was like, Ginny, that's fucked up. You can't just do that midway through sex. And I was like, okay, how was I supposed to know we were midway through? <laughs> Like, seriously, girls have no idea how long sex is going to last. And it always, it always feels kind of rude to ask. 
Um, but I have learned that when you get to the point in a relationship where you are asking them how much longer it's going to take, it's kind of when things start to wind down. I have found that. Um, so Tinder recently said that they were going to kick everyone under the age of 18 off of Tinder. Um, yeah. They were nice enough to automatically update my preferences. I appreciated it. Um, people say that you can learn a lot about someone by how they behave when they uh, don't think anyone is watching them. So when I'm seeing a guy, I like to stare at him while he sleeps. Uh, you can learn a lot. Like It's a really great opportunity to take pictures of any suspicious moles that he has, do a Google image search, see if they're cancerous. Um, and it also... Uh, well, I don't know. I've never woken up to anyone staring at me while I was sleeping. I can imagine that it's kind of creepy, though, based on the reactions that I've gotten, but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, I'm Ginny. Bye. Clap it up for the very creepy Ginny Hogan. Yay! She's not creepy. If I woke up and you make out with you, that would be how that would work. Come on. Lovely human being over there. All right. Uh, your next comedian is another very funny lady who I am glad every time I get to see her perform. And uh, you're going to clap wildly right now, like you haven't yet tonight, for Brooke Heineken! Uh, thanks, guys. I just got so distracted by the puppy. Such a cute puppy. Um, so last time I was here, I... Uh, um, had done this like bit about death and obituaries and was told that it was not believable for me to be talking about death because I look like a kindergarten teacher. Um, so keeping in themed, um, I'm going to talk to you about cats. Uh, and I'm also going to help Pam get your attention. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk to you about cats. Um, I had a cat in DC before I moved out here. Uh, and I loved this cat very much. But I do want to be clear about one thing up front. This cat was sick when I got her. This cat was sick when I got her. It's very important to me that you know that. Um, so I was on the emer like the foster list for the Washington Humane Society, and we got like a like a last call email for this cat uh, who was very sick, and we got her. And I was like, "Fuck it, I got nothing going on in my life." So I took this this very sick cat in. Um, she had an upper respiratory infection. She couldn't breathe. She made a lot of noise. So we named her Kazoo. Uh, and <laughs> what they neglected to tell me when I picked this cat up was this, that this cat required vaporized medication three times a day. Like it came with a little cat mask that you had to put on it three times a day. Like a mask, like, please put your own mask on before helping your cat mask. And I don't know if you know about, a lot about cats, but cats don't like masks put on their faces. So my boyfriend and I fashioned this like plastic bin that we bought at Target where we bought this bin, we put the cat in the bin and closed the bin and then cut a hole in the side and hot boxed the cat three times a day for a month. Um, she got better, but she, got, she lost an eye in the process uh, and a lot of her dignity. This cat hated me. She would sit in this like turret thing in my apartment and like stare at me all day out of her one eye, like like Lieutenant Dan style. You should have let me die out there. <laughs> I was supposed to die out there. She'd bite me in the face every day to wake me up. Um, but oh, and this cat was because we fed it three times a day to get her in the bin. 
clinically obese, but it's hard for a cat to get exercise in a studio apartment, so guess who had to buy a small dog leash and take the cats for walks <laughs> up and down the city sidewalks? That's how you make friends. Um, but I moved out here and had to part ways with this cat. I took her to an adoption event that was run out of a van in a Petco parking lot. <laughs> Uh, and the, the runner of the event told me, this cat isn't going to get adopted today. It's an outdoor event. It's raining. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen. So I went to get coffee, and by the time I got back, Kazoo had an adopted sign on her cage. And in some sort of Stockholm Syndrome expression, I burst into tears. Because the only thing sadder than finding your next family member in the van in a Petco parking lot is sobbing behind a van in a Petco parking lot. <laughs> I did scare this man, though, who adopted this cat. Uh, he was completely bald, like no eyebrows, no body hair whatsoever. So I became very concerned that he was going to die. Uh, he sends me monthly updates to remind me this cat is doing OK. Although I've already mentioned to you, so he sent me a picture of her a few weeks ago in which she was sitting next to a candle meditating. Uh, I've already mentioned to you this cat has one eye. She was a long-haired cat, and I don't feel like the candle is going to go well with her lack of depth perception. All right, that's all I got. Thank you, guys. Vaporized cat medicine. What a nightmare. I would never do it. I would put the cat to sleep. That was really kind of you. It's just a cat. I learned today that cats don't actually go to heaven. That's what Virginia Woolf said. Uh, yeah. I was reading A Room of One's Own, and she was like, yeah, cats, cats don't go to heaven, and, and women actually have no intelligence. So that's what I learned today from 1929. Good times. Uh, your next comedian has a show tomorrow night at Piano Fight at 10 o'clock. And if you guys miss it, you are stupid. Uh, he is going to be having a wonderful performance with Chris Knatzer on the Wasted Talks. And right now, he's going to be hilarious for you guys. Put your hands together. It's Timothy Pizza! Who give, uh, does this work? Oh, okay. I, who gives a fuck what cats think? They shit in a box. <laughs> Uh, I, I was laying on my couch the other night, and uh, I hear the grossest noise I've ever heard in my entire fucking life. It's like, <laughs> and I'm hearing it, and I'm like, she's just trying to fucking wind down after a long ass day. It's like, <laughs> and the dog is on my brand new pillow on the floor where I lay on the floor and watch TV because the couch gets boring. He's on my brand new pillow, and he's just throwing up all over it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? So I run over, and I go to help, and then I just start throwing up all over the fucking dog. So the dog is barfing on the pillow, and I'm barfing on the dog and the pillow. It's 11.30 at night, and the dog is like, I'm like, and like, tears are coming out of my eyes. And I'm like, I can never have kids. I'm going to drown a baby in my vomit. I'm going to drown a fucking baby in my vomit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hump a baby into a woman, and then, uh, yeah, and then, uh, and then I'm gonna kill it with my own vomit. Um, jerking off. Uh, I was, uh, I was on vacation, and um, I had to share a room with a guy. I didn't really know him that well. I got partnered up with him, and he caught me beaten off. Um, he's like, he's like, hey, buddy, what are you doing? I'm like. Stretching out my new belt. Like the neck sweat's really good to get into the leather. 
stresses out really quick. Yeah, hey, can you pass me the lemon wedge? Um, you know, I mean, I don't see what the big fucking deal is. I, like, I think every establishment needs a designated jerking off station. Then we got baby changes. You can wipe the asshole of a little fucking flesh mound, but you can't stroke your own fucking cock on the bus? I mean, they need a special car for that. Like, I would be happy jerking off with dudes if it was just like talking about technique and like, oh, you go the other way. Oh, that's fucking awesome. But like if the dude was staring at me, that would be weird. I couldn't handle that. I'm not gay, but I'm like cool with dicks somehow. But, God. So, or maybe I could be less creepy and just try to get laid. Uh, I, I had an opportunity to get laid. I had a great opportunity. I, uh, I was way at this bachelor party, and we went to, uh, we stopped by a house party, and um, there's this gorgeous girl comes up to me, sits down, starts talking to me. She's, you know, touching my knee. We're having this whole conversation. She's telling me about how she's a hairstylist and this great fucking shit. And then she brings up the new Beyonce record, and she goes, and, you know, I thought it was fucking horrible. You know, I really think that the whole Becky with the good hair thing was a metaphor for how uh, African-American women are being dissed for their coarse hair. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no, no. That is not what Beyonce is saying. It's not what Beyonce is saying. It's not what Beyonce is fucking saying. And I can prove it to you. And she's like, oh, yeah? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, if you don't mind, uh, let me see your phone contacts. She goes, okay. And I am scrolling through them. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J. Oh! Uh, do you remember meeting a man by the name of Jake with the biceps? Yeah. And you know, instead of like, just like agreeing with her and getting laid, I had to prove a point about Beyonce. Um, which is, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him get his dick wet. Uh, so later that night, uh, they bust out this uh, golf ball-sized thing of something called moon rocks. Uh, it was drugs, and you, you know, picked pieces of it and ate it, and it tasted like gasoline. It got you really high. Um, I didn't know what it was, so I was eating Skittle-sized pieces of it, probably like eight or nine of them. My friends saw the sizes that I was eating. They're like, oh shit, you ate about seven grams. Uh, whatever, I'll be all right. Um, so at 4 a.m., uh, I'm in the hallway of the Marriott uh, Newport Beach. Um, really long hallways, by the way. I didn't know hallways could be that long. Uh, I'm in the hallway, and Aldo, the dog you've seen running around, is uh, in the hallway. You know, he's like, running around. Doing that running around, so happy, 4 a.m., little dog, so happy. He's like, ah, you got treats, Dad. Oh, yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm tired, buddy. You want to go to bed? Yeah, come on. People are walking past us. We're having a fun time in the hallway. Out there, you know, just playing, running back and forth. You know, long day, did a lot of drugs, crawling to bed, all those at my feet. And as I'm nodding off to sleep, I'm like, all those in Walnut Creek with my mom. <laughs> I'm Timothy Pizza. Never done them, not gonna try now. <laughs> Thanks, Timothy Pizza. Go see him tomorrow night at Piano Fight at 10 o'clock. Uh, your next comedian hasn't been here at uh, the happy hour in a long time, so I'm excited to see what he's gonna bring. Hey, everybody. 
slap your meat paws together for Kevin Wong. Oh, meat paws, don't worry, we're doing pretty good. Thank you for, for showing up. Give it up for ourselves. Not too shabby. Looking a lot like Lady Loves uh, Mutiny Friday nights. All of a sudden, guys just kind of came up. I found out what white privilege is. It's when guys can grow a beard, a full, bill, a full beard, and not get harassed anywhere. That's kind of what I think. He may look like a, a homeless guy. He may look like tech, but he's definitely not a terrorist. That's what I think. Started taking Uber. Apparently, the U in Uber stands for unemployed. <laughs> yep, unemployed, but extremely reliable. That's what I found out. I was at a streak. I'm so jaded. I am so jaded. Whenever I see a gray Toyota Corolla or a gray Prius, I'm going to think that's my ride. That's my ride. I was at a street corner. I see one pull up. I open up the passenger door. I see a kid inside. I'm like, oh, we're splitting the fare. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. That's fine. I, uh, are we guys voting this year? Anybody voting? No, nobody's voting. Oh, boy. Do we know how we're going to do it? Tim, no? No idea. I'm beginning to get into it on a very superficial level. Very superficial. Like, uh, I, don't, I don't like Donald Trump. I'm not big into him. Why? Because he talks with his hands. He does this thing. It's almost like he's putting a ribbon on a package of bullshit. You know, it's like, here you go. It's all bullshit. American dream right here, bullshit, you know. I'm not big into Hillary. I don't like Hillary because she has these big bug eyes. She just does this thing. Emotionless, and she dresses like a short Korean woman. You know, I'm not big into that. I almost, I kind of want Barack to actually address the nation. I want him to come up and say something like this. People of America, this wasn't supposed to happen. Some of you fucked up. I must reelect myself to a third term. To save us from that white Kanye West, that crazy bitch. That's kind of what I want. I, there's, there's, they're throwing mud at each other, the whole Clinton and, uh, and Trump thing, you know, it's a, to, to me, it's almost like a very sick game of who's really the devil. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, Hillary, if you're not the devil, why do you wear pants? Is it the Hydra tail? No, it's, yes! no, it's because I have cankles. That's what she would say. And then she would go, Donald, if you're not really the devil, why is your face orange? And you'll go, didn't you hear orange is the new black? That's what I think. Do you guys fist bump? You guys are into the fist bumping thing? No? It's almost like a very passive-aggressive way to say, hey, how you doing? Good job. You know, it's like, I don't want to slap. I don't want to vibrate. Let's hammer. Don't hurt them. That's kind of what I think. <laughs> you didn't score a touchdown. We're not out here at a funeral, so let's just pound our fists together. That's kind of what fist bumping feels like. I uh, want to hear something scary? Yeah. yeah. I get my news on Facebook, <laughs> meaning that my Facebook friends are actually responsible for how smart I am. That's what I think. Whenever I, uh, that I get a friend request and I automatically think, are they going to tell me what's up, what's going on? Are they just going to show me pictures of their kids? I don't know what's going on. This is what I do, like, uh, like Prince. Prince passed away, right? This is what I get. They, <laughs> they take news and it sh that they read on Facebook and they try to make it more clever. Like Prince. Prince passed away. So I see stuff like RIP Prince. I'm like, all right, that's not good enough. This is the sound when doves cry? I'm like, oh, we're getting warmer. Because Prince is so short, do you think they got half off a kid's coffin? Like, ooh, too soon. But yes, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> I had a Jehovah's Witness that came up to my door, and they were like, hey, we're not here to sell anything. We're just here to defend our religion. 
They wasted 15 minutes of my time. I wish I had the balls to go, hey, how about this? How about you give me your address? I show up at your door randomly and go, I'm not here to sell anything. I'm just here to tell you jokes <laughs> for tips. That's all I want. All right, thank you guys very much. That was Kevin Wong with the best Obama impression that I've heard uh, ever. I have to say ever. That was rad. Everybody keep clapping for Kevin Wong. Yes, political humor and Hillary's cankles. I like the tail line, uh, holding, hiding that bifurcated in her pants. Uh, your next comedian is, I haven't seen her in a long time, I think. I think the last time I saw her might have been at the brainwash, but you guys are going to love her right now. Clap like you've never clapped before. Ellen Whittle! Cece Whittle! It's so nice to be here at the Mutiny Radio. I'm all tangled up in my stand. There we go. <laughs> so, um... I went to college with Hillary. Thanks for talking about her, Kevin. <laughs> she was two years younger than I was. And um, the minute she hit campus, she started running for president of the class. And uh, so we were both active, she politically, me sexually. <laughs> and here we are, 50 years later, and she is still running for president. And I'm so, you know, it wasn't easy being a teenager in the 60s because we did not have the pill. All we had was the diaphragm, sort of like a Frisbee or a little yarmulke, you know? Um, and we didn't have abortion, but we did have orphanages. So that was nice. Yeah, and you know, the FDA did not approve the pill in the United States until 14 years after Europe had it. They were afraid that the American woman would become wildly sexual. <laughs> they were right! <laughs> and we had maternity leave in those days. If you're in maternity, you leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that simple. So um, I've been dating, carbon dating. <laughs> My profile's in the fossil record. Uh, I'm uh, looking for somebody who is uh, physically fit, financially independent, fun to be with, good sense of humor. I just don't know how to date myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a problem. Um, so, and the other problem is that, you know, guys who are 50 want to date gals who are 30. And guys who are 70, like me, want to date gals who are 50. So the guys who want to date me, are dead. <laughs> yeah, but I've been going on some dates lately. Uh, yeah, I had a date with a 59-year-old the other day. Cougar, they call me. <laughs> so I reminded him that I'm a senior citizen and that I'm entitled to a senior citizen discount at the movie. He bought two regular tickets. He was afraid to be seen with a senior citizen. <laughs> So now I know his pride is worth exactly $2.50. Yeah. You know, you could get a dinner for two in 1960 for $2.50. So, um, yeah, I've been hanging out with a lot of stoners and drinkers, some of them in this room. <laughs> Um, yeah, the stoners are actually people who are worried to get about getting gallstones and kidney stones. And the drinkers are people who are drinking water so they don't get gallstones and kidney stones, yeah. Um, so yeah, I went on another date. Um, 
don't you hate the excuses that guys give you when they stand you up on a date? I mean, it, it really sucks. You get all dressed up, you get your makeup on, you're all ready to meet the guy that agreed to meet you for a coffee date at Starbucks on Friday, and you wait, and nobody shows up, and you, you check your watch, and you check your calendar, did I have the right time? And then you leave, and then you find out that the guy had a heart attack and died <laughs> a few days before. Yeah, best excuse ever. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. So, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say except that I've really enjoyed being at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Carolyn Whittle. Then you went to high school with my mom because she was also in Illinois and she also went to high school with um, Hillary Rodham Clinton back in the day. So that's funny. You might actually, you know, Marta Schneck. Does that ring a bell? No? All right. I can't believe you're 70 years old. That blows my mind. Your next comedian, I don't think I've met him before. And if I have, I was too drunk to remember. But clap anyways, you guys. It's Gene Feld. How's it going, guys? It's my first time at Mutiny Radio. And Pam, I did meet you, but it was on 420. You gave me a nug, so I guess that explains everything. Um, you guys hate it when someone, like you ask for advice and they just give you like completely useless advice? Like you ask someone how to prepare for a job interview and they tell you something like, you know, just be yourself. The, the most important advice I can give you is be yourself. So anyways, a buddy of mine uh, gave me advice like that about uh, a job interview, uh, actually, but I got lucky uh, in the sense that two weeks later he needed my advice on um, how to get rid of cockroaches. Um, so I told him that what you need to do, the best thing to do, is to get all of them under the heaviest book cabinet that you have and then quickly saw off the legs. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was a major in mathematics in school. It doesn't mean that I'm good with numbers. It means that I'm good with coming up with just like true statements that have no consequences on anybody's <laughs> real life. Um, what else should we talk about? <laughs> Wizards. Maybe next time. Oh, hold on. Let's talk about phlegm. Ah. So, for those of you who don't know, it's spelled uh, P-H-L-E-G-M, um, which is kind of, you know, bewildering to me that you people, and by you people I mean you native English speakers, put up with that shit. No, no other language puts up with that shit. All right, like Spanish, phonetic spelling, I don't know, maybe Germans, but come on, we don't want to be like Germans, do we? Um, in, um, you know, I, one of the reasons to put up with it, I suppose, is the, uh, is the spelling bee. That's, uh, you know, because if everything was just like, you know, said the way it was spelled, there'd be no spelling bee. That's like, uh, you know, it's like, like if you told Donald Trump supporters that there will be no NASCAR, like they would be fucking pissed off, right? And like, 
you know, you can't tell the nerds that they will not have spelling bee. Um, we're, oh, phlegm. So <laughs> how did we even get to this topic? Um, I was inspired to write a joke about phlegm when I saw a commercial on TV for a medication for um, arthritis. Uh, it was like great medication. They showed the people, you know, like getting off the couch, like lifting weights and shit. And then it said that one of the side effects is um, tuberculosis. So, you know, I figured if I weren't able to jerk off because of arthritis, would I risk catching tuberculosis to, uh, to cure it? Uh, and um, and what would the spelling bee be if the word was phlegm? You know, if they asked me to describe it, I would say, you know, that's like the mucusy stuff that you cough up if you have tuberculosis. It's kind of like sneezing from your mouth instead of your nose. Sometimes it comes out with blood, which is like, you know, if you do a line of blow and sneeze with your mouth instead of your nose. Um, and... Um, in any case, thank you very much, guys. Jane Fells. If you're doing cocaine for 24 hours and you cough up bloody phlegm, you smoke that phlegm. You do not re-swallow it. That's gross. Uh, right on, Jean Feld. I will remember you next time because of your bizarre and cool accent. Uh, are you Russian? Yes. All right. Sweet. I love communism. Uh, your next comedian. I, I don't know if he's a communist or not, but I certainly hope for everybody clap for Omar Kweshi. It's good to be here. There's a dog behind me. It's good. Uh, guys, I want to be honest with you. I like trans people. I'm a big fan of the trans folks. Are you guys good with them? Yeah. I'm really, I, I'm like pretty proud of Target for taking a stand. They're like, look, you can use whatever bathroom you want. I think that's great. But then I went on Facebook right after, and this woman posted, well, great. I'm no longer shopping at Starp. I'm, I'm no longer shopping at Target, actually. And I was like, wow, that's, that's incredible. And the next sentence was, unless I need something. <laughs> What kind of social activism is that? Can you imagine the civil rights movement working like that? It's like, look, Dr. King, uh, how committed are you to marching outside? It's hot, they're racist. I say we stay inside, come up with some creative hashtags, go from there. It wouldn't work, all right? I guess I, I, guess I shouldn't be complaining that like bigots are bad social activists, but still, you know? I don't know, it's, the other thing for me is like, I'm not really even sure what they're afraid of. Like, what's gonna happen if a trans person is allowed to use the bathroom? I guess the big fear is that if we let trans people use the bathroom, they're gonna start raping people. Uh, and so the way that we're gonna prevent that from happening is like, not giving them consent to use the bathroom. I don't know, it seems like the worst possible demographic for that to be the solution to the crime. I mean, I guess the other alternative, if, if not that, is, you know, there's gonna listen to women take shits. I, I don't know, I feel like if you're the type of guy who likes to listen to women take stinky shits, Ah, you don't give a fuck about the trans community, all right? I don't feel like you're waiting around for broader acceptance of these people. I don't know. Look, I, I, let me just take a step back and say, uh, as, as pro-trans people as I am, 
I don't like Caitlyn Jenner. I just don't like her at all. And it's not because of what she's done for the trans community. I think that's great. She killed a guy. Like, can we just address the fact that she hit a guy with the car and then drove off like nothing happened? I bet Jared from Subway was pissed. <laughs> I have a couple of tapes on my hard drive. This broad killed somebody and is the face of the trans community. Here's, here's what doesn't make sense to me. Making Caitlyn Jenner the face of the trans community is a lot like making O.J. Simpson the face of Black Lives Matter. It just doesn't, doesn't quite do it for me. I don't know. Uh, by the way, I'm like aware of what I look like. <laughs> I look like I'm an ISIS. All right, I get it. I look, I look at the beard, I look like pretty ISIS-y. Like uh, if ISIS had a college brochure, I'd be on the cover like, I wouldn't even be like a minority on the cover. I'd be like that white kid on the college brochure. You know, the, the white kid who's there to reassure other white applicants. Like, don't worry white people. We still go here. That's me, all right? That's how mainstream ISIS I am. I don't know. Uh, Pam, is this, can, can you just swear openly on this radio station? I love that. I love when you can just swear on radio. That's why I have satellite radio, just so that way I can listen to profanity and rap music. I can't listen to any tricks in place of bitch. It doesn't do it for me. But one thing that I love is I love the interviews on rap stations. So one time they were interviewing Lil Jon, and they are like, hey, Lil Jon, we're about to go off the air. Do you have any last words? And he was like, yeah. Dick riding is not a form of transportation. I'll repeat that for you. Dick riding is not a form of transportation, which by the way, that is not how you end an interview. That is how you start an interview, all right? I've got so many questions. First of all, who thought that it was? I never once have been like, I'm going down to Mutiny Radio. Oh, you're gonna take an Uber? Nah, think about riding a dick. Never been an issue. I mean, literally he is right. You ride a dick, you're not going to go anywhere. That's gravity. Uh, it's just science. Uh, but I feel like metaphorically, he's onto something. I feel like you get the right dick early. Whew. It'll solve a lot of problems. Get on that Zuckerberg dick. Your mortgage is taken care of. I don't know, man. I got to catch the next dick out of here. <laughs> See you guys. Thanks so much, Mama. Omar. Omar, Crashy, a great set. Very funny. ISIS doesn't exist. It's a CIA plot. Um, our next comedian, he used to come all the time to Bubblegum Garbage Party. And if you go back and listen to the past episodes of Bubblegum Garbage Party or Feather Daddy's Harpoon Construction, you will hear this amazing improv uh, comedian. But he's going to do comedy for us right now. You guys are going to love him. It's Michael Taylor. Thank you, Pam. I don't know if there's a better way to not endear a comedian to other stand-ups than to call him an improv comedian. But I like having to dig myself out, so that's perfect. Um, yeah, uh, Michael Taylor. Uh, I'm a guy, deal with a lot of stuff, deal with some uh, depression sometimes, you know? I don't know about you guys, sometimes I can get a little down, get a little blue, you know, that kind of thing. Sometimes, sometimes I get so down, I wonder if I died, would my friends even know I was dead? And yeah, pretty dark, dark stuff. But then I realized, recently I realized, of course they would know I was dead. Then they'd have to pay for Netflix. <laughs> Very convenient. Um, I am a teacher, I teach at an elementary school. Um, 
But I feel like it's kind of a conflict of interest to be a teacher and a comedian because I have very different reactions to things that happen in the school, you know, from those two perspectives. Like uh, the other day I was at school and I asked this kid, uh, Joseph, to sit next to Ferguson, okay? And I was like, Joseph, you sit next to Ferguson, you know, go sit down. He's like, here? I'm like, yeah, there. He's like, I don't want to sit next to this fat bitch. <laughs> this is in uh, second grade, by the way. Um, and as a teacher, it's like, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. You need to go in the corner right now. But as a comedian, it's like, yeah, he's pretty fat. <laughs> and he is kind of a like, the, as soon as Joseph said that, he goes like, Mr. Mike, Mr. Mike. It's like, take the note, you know? Like, he's in trouble. But, you know, you have some stuff to work on, too, man. Or, like, the other day, uh, I needed this kid, Jabril, to clean off his desk. Uh, I said, Jabril, clean off your desk. So he takes uh, all his pens, papers, trash, also a textbook, and all the same stuff from his neighbor's desk, walks over to the corner and throws it in the garbage. And as a teacher, that's awful. But as a comedian, it's like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really fucking frustrating. <laughs> yeah, you got me. <laughs> um, I am an elementary school teacher now. I used to be a preschool teacher, um, which is kind of euphemistic to call yourself a teacher in that context. You're mostly just begging the child, you know, like to shit uh, in the toilet instead of... <laughs> on the floor or in the pan, wherever he feels like it. Um, but I did have some amazing interactions with sociopaths there, since that's what they all are. Uh, one day, I show up to school, and I see my favorite little girl, Keely, and she goes, Mike! And I go, Keely! And she runs up into my arms, and I pick her up, you know, hug her. She goes, I'm gonna kill my mommy? <laughs> and you're going to be my only daddy. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a joke for that. That's just a murder I might be responsible for. So hope you're okay, Keely's mom. Okay, that's my time. Michael Taylor, thank you so much. Michael Taylor, falling in love with small children and responsible for murder. Wonderful stuff. Uh, I hang out with some three-year-olds, and what I learned recently is that the reason they won't poo in the toilet is that um, they want to keep what they've made. So when you have like a three-year-old boy, and you're like, how's your pooper scooper doing? And he's like, no. I'm like, is it, I smell it. Can I change your diaper? He's like, no. I said, why? He says, I made it. I want to keep it. Kids are weird. Uh, your next comedian has also, like me, chosen not to have kids because they have dirty little jam hands and are disgusting little freaks. Uh, but she is a wonderful comedian, and you guys are going to laugh wildly at the jokes of Trina Roderick. Thank you. I just hit myself in the face really hard. <laughs> Sorry, nobody caught that? 
Holy cow, if I'm gonna hurt myself up here, the least you could do is pay attention and laugh. Come on now, I might have a bloody lip. Cause I don't have kids, and it did not occur to me to go into teaching for material. Brilliant. I have a cat, I have a cat, and it's sort of similar, right? I mean, she's like, I just started giving her treats, and so now she's like, um, yeah, I'd really rather not eat the food, I'd rather just have the treats, can we, can we do that for dinner? I'm like, well, no, but I have no idea why. Like, I don't make the rules about treats, it's just, okay. Um, dude, I don't, I don't think you look like ISIS, I think you look like East Indian Santa, dude. <laughs> like, I, what are you talking about? You look way too sweet, way too sweet. Well, I mean, I'm not, I don't mean that. I mean, like in the sugarcane sense of the word. Uh, what else? Oh, I don't think, I mean, sorry. I, I didn't get to make my comments earlier for Joke Workshop, so I'm just going to do it in my set. Um, it's not like Martin Luther King. It's, not, it's like I have a dream, unless it's a nightmare. Right? Sorry. <laughs> no? All right, uh, Jean, no, we don't spell, with, we, we spell it F-L-E-M. It just autocorrects to something else. What are you talking about? That's not how we spell it. And also, I, uh, dude, one time, like, I was worried that I was getting tendinitis from giving my blo uh, boyfriend too many blowjobs. <laughs> he looked it up on WebMD, and he assured me that was definitely not possible. So, <laughs> <laughs> Can go back to playing tennis. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't have anything again, and I'm just. <laughs> uh, so I need a haircut. I know. Well, it's getting a little. She keeps giving me. I'm telling you, she keeps giving me a rat tail. I'm like, well, just because I'm 47, single, and live in the Castro, doesn't mean I'm a cat person. Okay, so don't just be giving me a rat tail making assumptions about whether or not I have a cat, okay? Because, uh, um, I mean, I didn't adopt this cat. This cat adopted me. That's, that's what happened, okay? I wasn't. But now that I've got her, I, uh, I think I'm going to register as an uh, emotional support pet. Just don't tell her that, because she'll be like, oh, hells to the no, don't put that shit on me. Uh-uh-uh-uh, no, no, right? Like, I hear some uh, cats, or some dogs, uh, sit at the door and wait for their owner to get home, right? My cat sits at the door and waits for me to leave. <laughs> Looking at me like, don't you have any friends? You don't have to have a dog to go to the park, you know? Thank you so much. Happy Friday, everybody. Yay! Trina Roderick has a cat! I almost came by, I was at Dolores Park with a nine-year-old today and we almost knocked on your door. And I kept, I said, I said, my, my friend Trina lives right across the street there. She's a comedian. And Daria said, all your friends are comedians. And I'm like, no, no, they're, they're not all funny. Just, just, just some of them. Your next comedian, we're just moving right along on the list. Uh, he has long hair. Uh, last week he wore it in a disturbing ponytail. Today it is long and luscious. You guys are going to love his jokes. Put your hands together. It's Alex Warren. Yeah. All right. Holy shit. I was trying to come up with jokes on the way here on the bus, and I was thinking about work. So you can imagine where this is going. 
But if you can't imagine, I'm going to tell you. All right. All right. So today it's kind of like, it's kind of like I was looking. This is so disrespectful. I'm talking in the middle of my set. Hey. Oh, so disrespectful. Shut up. Tell me a joke. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Oh God! So, so today it was sort of like it was sort of like the um, the feeling I was getting. It was kind of like there's this giant human-sized cunt uh, that was that was lubed with gasoline and it had been lit in fire and then it was burning like fucking blazing shit. And then I realized that no, that was that was a mirror and it was it was reflecting my soul. Yeah, I don't know. So, uh, what, is it C J? CC. CC. Where do you go to online date out of curiosity? <laughs> or do you just meet people at the... Oh, OK Cupid. OK Cupid, yeah. What? Yeah. I, I don't really want to talk about OK Cupid because it's like a, what is that, a hack thing to do. But I've been using that stuff and um, <laughs> what is there to say about it? People always put everything about themselves. Does that work? I don't know. And then you decide that you want someone that has that fits all this resume stuff. Now I'm just reflecting and I'm not sure if that <laughs> is funny. So what I was really going to talk about though is how much I fucking hate millennials. They're full of shit and they just think that they want some meaningful life and they want to like fucking mean something to the world. And guess what? There's like 7 billion people in this world or something like that or more or less. And, and I was thinking about it and because I like these sorts of metaphors, if you imagined how many dicks there were and how much dick volume that would take up. Like, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even, if you were floating in the sea of all the human dicks, you would make no difference. No difference at all. And you expect people to give a fuck about your little wanker, and you wouldn't even, your whole body wouldn't show up in the sea of them. So, yeah, just think about that next time you want something. (laughs) Because it's stupid. Uh, fucking millennials. Yeah, you're not gonna get anything out of life. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I had this talk with my manager, and he was just like, you know, Alex, stop thinking about your personal life and um, think about your career because soon you'll want money um, and you'll have a family. And I'm just like, fuck. Obviously, the takeaway was don't have a family. Uh, but he didn't realize that. He told me I needed to make more money and that I needed to pay more attention to my job. Uh, yeah, so I told him it was a good issue, his point of view. <laughs> uh, fucking millennials. Um, yeah. All right. Oh, I was thinking last time I was talking about why it would be cool to be a cyborg, like if you could turn off your dick. And I thought that that was, that was at least one good thing that you could do. I think there might be other ones. Um, you could replay your thoughts. I think that that would be pretty good. Like if you were really high, sometimes you have a thought and you're like, whoa, did my thoughts just split into two thoughts? And you could rewind it and watch them split again. <laughs> That's something that I've always wanted to do. All right, thank you. Keep clapping for Alex Warren, the self-hating millennial. Yes. He hates his own people and therefore himself. He's like the Hitler of the millennials. Yay. Kill them all. Yay. Uh, Since Amy Bebo just walked in the door, we're going to put on one of the guys from Olympia because they've been here and they are ready. Does everybody know where Olympia is? 
It's the water. It's a beautiful place in uh, Washington. And when I went there and did comedy on a Wednesday night at Sam Miller's room, I said, I'm moving to fucking Olympia because it's a beautiful place. And the comedy scene there is really lovely. And you guys are going to love your next comedian from Olympia. You never heard his jokes. And so laugh hysterically and clap wildly for John Gittner. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, before I start, um, I'm, I'm a millennial, <laughs> um, and so I'm going to give a few trigger warnings about my comedy, um, so we're all on the same page. Uh, trigger warning, you may laugh. <laughs> trigger warning, okay, don't condescend to me, sir. Trigger warning, you might have a good time. Trigger warning, we're going to talk about death. <laughs> Um, specific, specifically, my father's death, who um, he passed away today. What? And so, yeah, um, and so I thought I would like to do a, a brief uh, a thing for him tonight. Um, and so I'd like to say a few words about him. Um, Rhubar, apple, cobbler. My dad would have liked those words. He was a, a pie salesman, <laughs> and he did it until it killed him. He also, he died in a plane crash, so. <laughs> um, my dad was a very interesting person. He was, he was always trying to do right, um, but he would do it in kind of bad ways, kind of like a clown. Like, I remember growing up, he wanted to teach my family about discrimination, so he made my sister's allowance $3 less. <laughs> um, yeah. And I remember as a kid, he, uh, this is all true, um, when times would get tough, he would do that more often, so I would do things to kind of impress him. Like, I remember one time I decided I would open up a lemonade stand to kind of make money for the family, and he liked that idea so much, he ended up opening up one next door. <laughs> and he ended up running me out of business, <laughs> using my sister's cheap labor. <laughs> um, I remember uh, one thing about my dad, is um, I remember I wanted this Xbox really badly growing up. Um, and I, I bugged him, I bugged him, I bugged, because that was my only strategy to get it, is to just yell at him until he gave it to me. Um, and he finally, he got so mad, he said, no, well, go get your fucking thing later. Um, and so I went and I cried to my mommy, which was my second backup plan. <laughs> and finally, he, he gets so upset, he says, fine, we'll go right now. And I just wished I would have told him then that the reason why I wanted to get the Xbox is just so I could ride in the car with him for once. Um, uh, my dad never really believed in my comedy. Um, I remember once, for example, when I told him to be, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, he laughed at me. <laughs> and at the time, I thought it was a really good start. <laughs> it turns out he just didn't think I was funny. Um, but I, now look at me, I'm here doing mutant, mutant, mutiny radio open mic. <laughs> Um, and so I wrote down a few things that I would tell him if you if you were here tonight, um, if you would indulge me. Um, so I would I would say, Dad, you're alive. I thought you were dead. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> it was pretty recent, so I haven't really. <laughs> Um, so for the last thing I would like to do for my dad, and then I'll kind of get on with the jokes, um, is I want to I want to call him and leave him a voice message, 
and maybe you know he'll hear it up in heaven. Are you guys okay with that? Would you all be? Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, um, San Francisco. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna call my. It's gonna, he's, it's gonna go to voice mode because he, he died. Um. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> dad? Yeah. Dad, 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 you weren't supposed to answer. <laughs> no, yes, I'm doing stand up right now. <laughs> no, it's not going very well. <laughs> because you're supposed to be dead, that's why. <laughs> it's a bill, fuck, you wouldn't get it. All right, dad, look, I have to guess. I have I would now like to do some impressions. Um, uh, that person looks like a nice man. Thank you very much. I've been John Giltner. John Giltner! Might or might not have a father. I don't know if that was his friend in Olympia. I have no idea what's happening. He's, uh, he's, he's changed the veil for us. Uh, art. Art is beautiful. Uh, your next comedian, he is also from Olympia. And you guys are going to love him. So clap like you've never clapped before for Jeff Taylor. Oh, thank you. Oh, gosh. Oh, I wish my dad was dead, too. You know what? This is going to go here. I'm going to tell my shit jokes. How you going? How's it? How? Howdy. It's good to be here. Um, I'm originally from the Bay Area. I just got back. Uh, from up north, and uh, it's good to be here. I just got my hair cut before I came down, which is, it's stressful, and there's no reason it should be stressful, but my barber always asks me when it's over what I think of it. So I look in the giant mirror in front of me, and every time I'm just disappointed that I'm still fat. <laughs> like, I don't know, I, uh, I'm overweight, I don't think about it that much, but I get reminded of it whenever someone asks me the question, hey, you know who you look like? I'm like, yeah, someone's feelings you're about to hurt. <laughs> like, I go to the same coffee place every week and it's always the same woman behind the counter. And for some reason this week she asked me that question. She's like, hey, you know who you look like? Hey, please don't say Bobby from King of the Hill. <laughs> I can't take any more Bobby from King of the fucking Hill. And she's like, no, you look like Crab and Goyle. First of all, I'm pretty sure that's two people. <laughs> Second of all, I don't know what the fuck Crab and Goyle is. I thought it was a dish. And she's like, no, it's from Harry Potter. So I Googled Crab from Harry Potter, the most oafish character <laughs> in a seven book franchise. And I was stupid enough to think, oh, maybe I'll have better luck with Goyle. They're twins, they're fucking twins. <laughs> I did that once. And this guy came up to me, he's like, hey, man, uh, Crab and Goyle aren't twins. Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I'm doing the, the fat guy thing. <laughs> I, uh, man, I, I battle with uh, food addiction, which is a real thing. People don't think it's a real thing. But if you've ever asked yourself, why the fuck is there frosting on my toe? It's morning. I, I just woke up. You probably have food addiction. But if you definitely have it, if you've pulled a muscle in your back trying to lick it off. <laughs> I'm just talking about myself at this point. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, I don't know. I was on a diet, which is over, because I, I bought a bag of candy from the mall. Do you know what that kind of shame feels like? 
And you'd think the guy working at the, the candy store at the mall would be familiar with shame at this point, but that didn't stop him from saying to me, got a real sweet tooth, huh? <laughs> How dare you say that to me? I know I have a sweet tooth. I'm sitting here with a bag of giant gummy bears the size of my fist. If this was a morgue, would you say, got a real dead mom there, huh? <laughs> I know I have a fucking sweet tooth. You know, I know I'm about to bite into one of these giant gummy bears, and my first thought is probably going to be, there's no way this is Haribo. <laughs> Some trolley fans. <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't know. I, uh, it's hard. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to smoke less weed. Which doesn't, it's, you know, I mean, here's the thing, though. Like, <laughs> I'm so much sharper mentally when I'm not smoking weed all the time. And that seems obvious, but people that smoke all, they act like it doesn't affect them. It's ridiculous. They'll say things like, I smoke all the time. If ever I stop for a few days, it doesn't affect me. Seriously, why are you in a Pantera shirt and majoring in geology? <laughs> Where's that dog? <laughs> Jesus, man. I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. And um, <laughs> I, you know, I just graduated college a couple weeks ago. Which that's, I thank you, it's not really necessary. I'm like a upper middle class white male, so congratulating me for graduating college is like congratulating me for not crashing a plane on which I was a passenger. <laughs> I really got that bad. But I don't know, I'm trying to figure my shit out. Um, it's good to be back here though. I saw my mom for the first time in a while. She's going through a really hard time. She was uh, just diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder which means going to war in Iraq has the same effect on people as being married to my father. <laughs> Only her initial reasons for engagement were clear. <laughs> I'm Jeff Taylor. Thanks, everybody. Jeff Taylor! Killing it with the rules of engagement. Yeah! All right. Uh, your next comedian, I had skipped over him because I didn't understand the list earlier, but he's here, and I'm excited. I've seen him on the internet. I'm sure I've seen him before. Uh, you guys are going to clap wildly right now and love his comedy. It's Eric Lupus. Thank you, Pam. How are we doing, Mutiny? Uh, it's good to be here. This is my first time here. I like this place. Everyone's so kind, thank you. Uh, anyway, you guys get the reference? Dos Equis? I don't usually do comedy, but when I do, terrible. Thank you. See, everybody's so nice here. Anyway, uh, my name is uh, Eric, but they call me Way. Um, it's kind of a nickname they gave me. Um, I'm an addict. Uh, I have a burning desire to share. I'm addicted to pussy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it burns when I pee. Good job. Fair, enough. Fair enough, that's why my dick hurts. Thank you, Omar. Appreciate it. ISIS are nice guys, apparently. You're a sweet ISIS. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, um, let's hope. Has anybody here been through a divorce? Woo! All right, see? Uh, I, I recently went through a divorce, and um, when you tell somebody you went through a divorce, usually the, uh, you know, the, the response is, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I was surprised by that. I was like, I'm doing okay. I'm like, you got to see her. You know? My new chick's awesome. Uh, she, uh, 
Uh, I'm dating a Korean girl. She's from South Korea. It's warmer down there. It's a nice kind. She's beautiful. She's a, she's a vampire, but she has angel wings on her back. It's a balance. Uh, I'm new at this, sorry. Uh, I'm not, I don't want to let go of that one. I like it for some reason. The visual of her having angel wings on her back, but being a vampire. You know? Anyway, I'll keep it for a while. Uh, so what else we have? Um, yeah, so you, you always hear, you know, I'm sorry to hear that, but, um, you know, my new I went from please bring home milk to get home quick so I can milk it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> or it was take out the trash or treat me like a piece of trash the way I want to be treated. <laughs> that was nice, too. Um, I had another one on. I just wrote that on the way here. There was a good one on there, I thought. The other one was, um, what was it? Sorry, Pam. Yeah, the other one was, um, oh, just don't get too drunk tonight. Or, let's get drunk and fuck tonight. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> um, what else? Um, don't put it there, it hurts. Or, put it there, just be careful, it kind of hurts. Yeah. Ass sex. <laughs> hurts everyone involved. Um, I have a headache tonight, or I'm going to give you head until it aches tonight. Yeah, clowns. I'm part of, I'm part of the clown group, apparently. Um, so I'm new at this. They say it takes about 10,000 hours before you master a skill. Jerking off. First time. I mastered that fucking thing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, whoever said that never saw the, a good 80s movie. I mean, the Karate Kid. You know, he only a half hour. <laughs> and begrudgingly, too. He didn't even want to paint the fence. <laughs> and Rocky, he beat Apollo Creed. And all he did was, like, chase some chickens around and shit. Still working on those, apparently, too. I think my best performance of the night was bringing the Dos Equis on stage. <laughs> but anyway, Pam, the place is awesome. Thank you for having me. It was nice to meet you guys. Moving right along, your next comedian is a funny guy uh, hailing all the way originally from Scotland uh, with no accent anymore, but still, funny, funny jokes. Put your hands together, everyone. It's Joel Spears. Keep it going for Pam Benjamin, please. Keep it going. Fuel me with the tacit applause so I don't actually have to do anything. And it feels like I've already been funny. How are we doing? You having fun? You guys having fun watching the comedians? Doing the jokes? Doing the bits? You know how the comedians do with the jokes. You're, you're having a good time. Uh, my name's Joel Spears. Uh, some people say I look like if a Lord of the Rings Hobbit wrote for Vice magazine. <laughs> some people say that. Personally, I don't, people say it behind my back, not around. Um, I, I'm actually kind of offended by it. Uh, when you laugh there, you get, you. You know, you, you think you're supporting a comic and like supporting his jokes, but really you're just, you're contributing to my own low self-esteem and poor, poor self-image. We'll move along, we'll move along. Uh, we'll do some jokes. Uh, so it's straw poll, feel free, to, feel free to contribute in this. Uh, shout out in any like inane way you wish. Uh, is there an animal, is there an animal you would kill to save a four-year-old child's life? Giraffe. You would kill a giraffe? Do you have a game plan for that? Or uh, just, you're just shouting out 
funny sounding animals. No? Uh, it would be kind of hard, actually. It would be very difficult. Anyone else? <laughs> Any other ideas? Ferret. You'd kill a ferret. You're setting the bar really low there. <laughs> they barely live a life as it is. Is anyone morally opposed to uh, you guys that didn't yell out? You're, mo you're the moral types who are opposed to killing animals. What if it was your job, OK? What if you were paid a, you were paid a salary by the Cincinnati Zoo when called upon to kill an animal. If your job is to shoot a gorilla with a gun, you do it, okay? You would do it. If your job was to blow up an orangutan <laughs> with a rocket launcher, <laughs> you would do it. You would. If your job was to snipe a capuchin monkey from 100 yards, if you're paid a salary by the Cincinnati Zoo, you would do it. You would, if your job was to befriend a chimpanzee, sneak increasingly large amounts of gunpowder into his diet, <laughs> invite him over for a game of chess by firelight, and at the opportune moment, push him into the fire and let the flames envelop his body. If you were paid a salary by the Cincinnati Zoo, you would do it. If your job, if your job was to dress a gibbon in a suit, a tailored suit, to account for the long gibbon arms that he has. You would have to get this, the, you have to pay for the tailoring of the suit yourself. The Cincinnati Zoo will not cover that. Your job is to dress a gibbon in a suit, fill the suit with rocks, and lead him out into the water and let the, let the waters carry, carry him away, Virginia Woolf style. You would do it. If your job, If your, if, your, if your job was to kidnap a lemur, <laughs> tie, him in, tie him up in your basement, peel his little lemur fingernails off one by one, the fingernails he needs to climb into the trees and get the mangoes and the cocoa beans, he needs to live. If the Cincinnati Zoo paid you, you would do it. I'd like to think that everybody has a price. We all have a price. If your job was to drug three bonobos and stitch them bonobo mouth to bonobo anus to bonobo mouth to bonobo anus in some kind of bonobo millipede hybrid sick fantasy if it was your job, you would do it. I've not seen that film, so I'm only speculating <laughs> on what happens in the movie. Um, you guys, you started out really strong, but you guys were pretty shit. I've been great. Uh, I've been Joel Spears. Thanks. Bye. Joel Spears. Yes. All right. Your next comedian's all the way from Saudi Arabia, and he's really funny. We've seen him a couple times here at Mutiny Radio. You're going to enjoy his jokes right now. Clap wildly for Janaid Banjanaid! Everybody has a mania to do the podcast. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is uh, Junaid Banjanaid. I am from Saudi Arabia. Uh, before I start my comedy, uh, I must first unzip my jacket so I can just breathe a little. Hey guys, are you guys serious? Seriously? Uh, I'm from Saudi Arabia, not bedrock. We speak English. 
Uh, it's great to be here in America. I love America. Uh, my dad is Saudi and my mom is British, which apparently makes me Mexican. I had no idea <laughs> this is news to me. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I love America, but America doesn't seem to love me back. Every time I meet someone, it's like always the same reaction. Hi, my name's Jeanette. What's your name, Janet? No, no, it's Jeanette. Oh my God, your name's Janet. No, no, it's Jeanette, J-U-N-A-I-D, Jeanette. Oh, so you're Indian, you're so cultured. No, I mean, we're both, we both live with our parents, but that's not the point. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys are great. Uh, any Jews in? I like to start that off. Any Jews in? Any t oh, you're okay. Uh, listen, I want to shake your hand first because someone take a picture. This is a great moment in history. <laughs> I have no problems against Jews. Uh, people are always telling the Arabs to hate Jews, and I don't think Arabs should hate Jews. But he already hates Jews. I'm sorry to say this. I am sorry to say this. Uh, <laughs> you guys, you guys are really smart. You know how to market your religion. We don't know how to market our religion. We treat our religion like it's a Justin Bieber album being released for the first time. We just put it out on iTunes and everyone ends up hating it. We're thinking, yeah, this is great. Everyone's going to listen. But nobody listens, which is the smart decision, to be fair. Uh, uh, I remember I was like uh, six years old when I learned about the Holocaust for the first time. And, um, and I was uh, sad. And I was sad. I was the only one that was sad in the entire class because I hated it. I hated hearing someone stealing my bright ideas. I mean, it's just, that was a joke, I swear. Uh, you guys lost the crowd, but that's good. <laughs> uh, you guys, I was, uh, uh, my, my, I treat my uh, wife like a goddess uh, in the sense where I treat her like she doesn't exist. And, um, <laughs> And she's always like complaining, she's like, Jeanette, you should be more romantic, you should be more romantic. I was like, how? She's like, treat me like Juliet and you should be like Romeo. I was like, what if I kill myself, will you come after me? <laughs> she said yes, I faked my own death and she actually killed herself and that's when I realized that I was a necrophiliac. <laughs> you think that joke's disgusting, you should see the pictures. And. Uh, So my dad was molesting me today, and um, <laughs> and I was like, uh, Daddy, why are, you, why are you molesting me? He's like, it's because you look like your mom, which I thought was pretty weird because my mom was filming right there. And, uh, <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, why are you filming? She's like, it's because you look like your dad. Now I'm really confused at this point. First of all, how was I speaking when my face was firmly on the floor? And, <laughs> and do I look like my mom or do I look like my dad? I'm so confused, guys. I'm so confused. Uh, I'm getting married to a white British lady, which is exciting. I know I said I was married earlier, but every joke, there's a different lie. <laughs> and uh, my dad gave me some weird advice. He's like, before you make love to your wife, make sure you urinate on her. And I thought that was weird. I was like, why would I do that, Daddy? He's like, because you can't have your eggs without yolk. And I thought that was disgusting. <laughs> Who has their eggs without yolk, guys? This is just gross. <laughs> uh, that conversation reminded me of the first time I had the, the sex. And uh, it was like awkward because I was crying at the end. But on the positive, my dad was very gentle. <laughs> This is what happens when you're raised in Saudi Arabia. Uh, <laughs> thank you, guys. That has been my time. Janae! Janae!
making uh, molestation funny again for everyone. Uh, your next comedian is another uh, really funny man. Uh, showcased the other week, and we enjoyed his jokes very much. You guys are going to love him right now. It's Adam Strawbridge. Uh, I'm really scared of terrorism. Uh, there's just terrorists everywhere, different terrorist groups every week. You read about, it's like Al-Qaeda, it's one Al-Nusra, Al-Shabaab. I heard about this, it's fucked up. There's a terrorist group touring America. It's nonsense. It's like weird Al-Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> fucked up. I don't have a large dick. It's not bad, it's very nice. That's how I would describe it. It's aesthetically very nice. Some guys, and I know from first-hand experience, have mean dicks. They just look mean. You know, they're just like, Sylvester Stallone is like, stroke the shaft, look at the balls. You know, it's like mean dicks. I, my, my dicks, uh, if I had to characterize it, it's like a friendly Midwestern neighbor, you know? <laughs> How you doing having a cookout by my balls later? <laughs> I don't do, I'm trying to work on my voice work. All right. I haven't voted yet, because I'm trying to, I'm saving myself for marriage. But I try to stay abreast <laughs> of politics. I try to keep what's going on. Apparently, NASA is like getting defunded, and everyone's up in arms about it because they want NASA to be able to go to Mars, go to the Moon, go to Pluto. I think that's kind of nice, but like, there's so much we haven't discovered here on Earth. You know, the oceans are so vast and so deep; we know nothing about them. Or like, according to recent studies, we still don't know why kids love the taste of cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> Where is the funding? What about this too? They're gonna put Harriet Tubman on the twenty-dollar bill, right? Feels like a victory, kind of, but I also was thinking, I'm not sure she would want that. Everyone else on the dollar bills are a bunch of slave owners. It's not really the crew she wanted to hang with. It's like putting Anne Frank on the German flag. <laughs> the gesture's nice. It's not what they would have wanted. I'm writing, I'm trying to break out into Hollywood, so I'm trying to, I'm writing a spec script right now. It's a sequel, because like, you gotta do sequels. It's sequels all the, all the time now. So it's uh, The Diary of Anne Frank 2, this time it's personal. <laughs> My mom's Jewish, I can say that. I'm not Jewish, I just use it for jokes. Um, okay, speaking of film, I don't think I could be a porn star. I've had this realization. It's sad, but you have to get accepted and move on. But I think I could be a porn critic, you know? Because <laughs> like two thirds of the time when I'm watching porn, I'm thinking, yee, this is hot. But it's one third of the time, thinking like, I have notes, you know? <laughs> Mostly it's subtle in terms of cinematography, don't have a shot linger on a girl's butthole unless it's coming into play in the third act. <laughs> it's like Chekhov's gun. Um, more substantially, like, don't have a girl yell, I poppy, I poppy, if we just establish she's a blonde girl from North Dakota trying to make it in the city. It takes you out of the scene. Removes you. Um, what else? I, my friend, broke up with her boyfriend. He filmed them having sex together secretly. It's not cool. Guys will never do that. She was like, I wish I lived a different century where there wasn't all this technology to exploit women. And I like, empathize, obviously, she had a breakup. I get that. But I think even though techno technology has changed the world, people remain the same, especially guys. We've never really changed. I read about this. In Renaissance Italy, guys would go out. They go to bars or parties with the masks. They meet girls. They take them home. They'd have sex with them. They have a little artist in the closet paint the whole thing. <laughs> Took like five or six nights to get the shading just right. She didn't believe me. She said, you're just making that up to make me feel better. That's no such thing. That wasn't true. And I said, no, it's a real, it was a real phenomenon. In fact, there's a museum in Rome you can go to to see some of this artwork. It's called the Museo de Triple X Real Ex-Girlfriend Revenge. So. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up.
Uh. Okay. Pandas are really cute, right? 